Please listen carefully. everyone today's episode is a conversation between coach rachel and me and we talk about how crossfit is for anyone so she does talk about her experience at the crossfit adaptive training seminar and how we have the ability to take a crossfit workout and use it as a template to adjust and adapt to those who have uh, even lifelong conditions such as being a paraplegic or a neurological disorder that you know, at first glance, you might think that a particular workout that they're not able to do, but uh, we have the training and background to adapt the workout to fit their needs. So this kind of goes into the difference between CrossFit and other fitness methodologies out there. Not that those methodologies or fitness programs are bad. It's just that we're trying to uh, differentiate ourselves as coaches and that what people pay for when they go to CrossFit is the coaching and the teaching, um, as well as obviously the community and and the events and whatnot. But uh, a lot of what your, what the value, where the value is, uh, is in the coaching. So hope you enjoy this one. Um, It's Coach Rachel and Coach Chris talking about how CrossFit is for everyone. People are afraid of CrossFit. Or like they're afraid of like the culture of CrossFit, mm-hmm. but no one knows what goes on inside a CrossFit gym. But then like they'll go over to a crunch and be like, yeah, I can do that. I can do CrossFit. It's like, well, no, you're like, they're on your own stuff. Or you'll hear people where they're like, oh, like you'll, you know, I'll promise you won't get hurt. Or like I'll promise this or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can't promise that to anyone anywhere. Right. You can do your best. But like right. the reality is... You are only so good as what you can do for them and what they're willing to do for themselves. It's like I can tell you not to jump on a box and look across the room while you're doing it, like Mm -hmm. behind you, but if you're going to do that and you trip on the box, there was nothing I could do for that. Yeah, we can't guarantee 100% safety. No. And anyone who does is um, either crazy or just they don't know what they're, they're promising something they can't right. deliver on. Which is the same thing that he was basically saying, like, you can't do that in a CrossFit gym, but you also can't do that in any gym. Anywhere, right. Like, you right. can't do that anywhere. Yeah. You're like, but people, like, hate on all these different places, and it's like, there's no, like, you can't promise injury-free anywhere. Mm-hmm. But in a CrossFit gym where you have qualified trainers and people who are working to make you safe, that's probably as close as you're going to get to being able to stay injury-free. Well, and one of the things, like, you see a lot of these Globo gyms um, pop up with programs or group classes that, you know, do their best to not get sued, but, you know, they call it, you know, Quick Fit or X-Fit or, you know. (laughs) Functional fit. Functional fitness, group class, whatever. But generally, you know, and we haven't been to every single one of those types of classes, but from anecdotal from stories from current members and then, you know, lots of people, it seems like they're missing the point of, um, of the coaching. Yeah. Right. Of yeah. like people who actually know pro- proper form and, and how to yeah. communicate it and how to teach it. Yeah. Right. I, um, 
at one point I was going to work at a uh, Anytime Fitness, and they had just started yeah. this model of sure. like group classes. Mm-hmm. And in order to be a group, group class instructor, all you had to do was go on their website, and they have this like video you watch. Mm-hmm. And what they do is show you this dude who writes on a whiteboard, and he's like, the five things you do are like foam roll, talk to them, show them what they're going to do, and cheer for them. And like, that's pretty much all you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is no real coaching. It's facilitating. It's like, all right, like make sure that they show up, make sure that they have their equipment, make sure that they're not going to like hit each other in the face. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, you're not there to like correct their form. So like, if their knees are touching each other when they're squatting, like. So that was the training. Yeah, like that was the training. Like. And they, but they were asking for what credentials? They they wanted like a like, personal trainer. All you had to do was have some sort of personal training cert. Okay, got it. And that's it. Which, all you need for your personal training cert is to be 18, have your CPR cert, and sit for an exam. Which you've done. Which, yes. Because of your undergrad yeah. degree. Yeah. But you were saying that... <laughs> I did it as like you know, a, Pretty much anybody... Yeah. You know, who can guess pretty well... Yes, absolutely. ...can pass that test, right? I thought the test was super easy because of my school mm-hmm. stuff, but it was almost like my professors were like challenging you, like, oh, go... Like, go do it. You won't pass. And I was like, okay, I won't. Fine. And I went and took it, and I did. And they're like, and there within that world lies the problem. You don't have your degree yet. Because at the time I took it, I think I was a sophomore. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't even have your degree yet. Like, you're a baby. And you could go out in the world and teach somebody how to do anything. I'm like, that's dangerous. And I was like, yeah, that's crazy. But this was, this was also after you had your level one, your CrossFit level one, right? Yes. Got it. Yeah. So do you feel like having that background kind of, yeah. you know, you came, oh, you yeah. went in with a lot more education than yes. your typical, like, person who's 100%. looking at personal train, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Got yeah. it. I don't know that without the level one, I would have been able to work through those questions as well. Mm-hmm. And each exam is a little bit different depending on the organization. Right. But the one I took was not, like... It wasn't crazy. Right. And even other ones that I've looked at, they weren't hard. Yeah, and I think sometimes CrossFit can get, or CrossFit coaches can get a bad rap, or people talk about the weekend cert and being like, oh, it's just a two-day cert, and then you can open a CrossFit gym. I I don't know many people that have done that of like, they don't know anything. They're just yeah. looking to open a business, so they go get a cert, and then they just open a gym. I don't, I don't really yeah. know. I've heard of stories of that, but I don't know any actual people that have done that. They're usually yeah. people who have been in this world for a, a number of years and have a lot yeah. of coaching experience and, and end up opening a box like we yeah. did. But, um, you know, and maybe back in the day, yeah. maybe back in like early 2000s that happened because it just yeah. had, had to happen as the start of CrossFit. Right. right. I think that might have been how it started when CrossFit started because yeah. how else were you going to get boxes open? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now I don't think that's the case. The most recent story I heard of that was a while ago. And it mm-hmm. was a guy who had his like personal training certs and very specific like mm. certs down that realm. So the CSCS and um corrective exercise specialist and he was an oh, So he was already in the world. So he yeah. was already in that world. That I don't count because he CrossFit had experience. World. Yeah. Training right. people. So he was very experienced trainer, just not a CrossFit trainer, and he already owned a gym, but he wants to be able to offer a CrossFit. Right. But he had never done CrossFit himself, yeah. so he went to his L1 so that he could offer CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. But that was 
that's the most recent in the last four years that I've been in CrossFit that I've heard of that kind of situation. Yeah. So I want to talk about, and then we're kind of talking around it, but like this idea of that CrossFit is not what people see on ESPN um, when they watch the CrossFit games, right? Because I, I was just at a meeting last night for Pike Fest and the guy running it, you know, it made a comment that we don't have his age group. Now he's, you know, he's got, you know, a couple, I think, college-age kids or, or just out of college. And so he's probably in his 50s, you know, if I had to guess. And, um, you know, he was just saying that he was, he's a tennis player and he, you know, couldn't do what we do. And I was like, well, you know, we have people here that are older than you and not just by a little bit. And, you know, and he, he was, like, surprised by that. And... Um, yeah, so then I went into this idea of like, well, we have a, a workout of the day, but you you don't have to do the weights listed. Everyone does something different. And we had a woman come in for our free week this past week who, similar deal, like mom of two young kids, after the workout was commenting the fact that she was surprised that there wasn't like a lot of yelling in people's faces and that there she didn't have to do heavy weight that she did. You know, I think she worked up to like, 35 pounds for um, for a power clean, yeah. and it was she had great form with it and did really well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like this idea that just because you see something on TV, that's not like what you're doing in your gym. Like it's not, you know, we're not like the Phillies, like playing baseball. Yeah, like professional athlete. Like right, right. Your mm-hmm. T-ball league is not the Phillies. Right. Just right. like. We are not professional athletes. Mm-hmm. The people you see on TV are professional athletes, and they train as such. Right. We are average people doing average things for health and fitness and wellness, and we're not here for like the sport of fitness necessarily. Some are, and that's awesome, yeah. but the 99.9% of CrossFitters are here for general health and wellness, and that whatever it looks like for them. So if that's like a PVC pipe for squats or just body weight movements, then awesome. But it looks different for everybody, and that's what's so cool about CrossFit. Well, and for people who don't know that term of like sport of fitness, yeah. do you want to explain what that... The sport of fitness is like what you would see um, if you watch three about CrossFit games. So it's, um, it's the fancy movements like doing... Um, high-skill gymnastics like muscle-ups, so moving your body from like below the rings uh, to above the rings or doing um, heavy lifting movements uh, or like things that you would see in the Olympics like as far as weightlifting goes, like snatch and clean and jerk and all that kind of stuff. So pretty, yeah. pretty crazy things. Yeah, and, and it's the, you know, we have very everyday people here at our particular box, but there are boxes... Um, around the world that have a, a decent mix of everyday people, but also competitive CrossFitters. So I think it's also the intent. Yeah. Like, so if your intent is to compete, um, if you, you know, do the CrossFit Open and that, and your intent is to make it to the next level, to regionals, yeah. um, you can take the same workout that, you know, Sally is doing and make it so that you're going to challenge yourself. Right. Now that might mean doing the workout as written and just doing it faster right. or doing more weight or doing, you know, whatever the case may be. In very rare instances, we could also go what we would call RX plus. We could, you know, take a workout and make it more difficult 
rather than just a standard, yeah. um, which is rare because I feel like most workouts are, as written, difficult enough. They're hard, yeah. Right. You um, can make them harder for yourself, too. Just, like, yeah. push harder. Go faster. Go faster, right. Like, move quicker, and it will be harder for you regardless. You right. get your heart rate higher, it's hard. Exactly. And, and it, it's not that you should go faster for the sake of going faster if your form is breaking down. Right to a to a, a good degree like let's slow it down absolutely but that's so that's all assuming especially if you're trying to be competitive that your you technique and your well. movement yeah yeah um, I move well first before the intensity is there yeah. yeah yeah that's the big that's the big difference too between like fitness and competition we're looking for you to move well and then bring in the piece of intensity before we're trying to just go all out. We're right. Sure show show the mechanics moving. first. Yeah. And then show that you can do it consistently. Yeah. And then bring on the intensity. Absolutely. Intensity being like heavier weight or faster movement. Yeah. Yeah. And at the level one, they talk about, or I don't, I don't know if they still talk about it, but they used to talk about this idea of shooting targets. And, uh, you know, you, if you've never shot a gun before, you're going to take your time and you're going to aim carefully and shoot and it's going to take you a long time but hopefully you're more accurate if you were to just shoot wildly very fast you would be all over the target yeah. right yeah so we want to be able to do it accurately and then speed it up and then as we speed it up as the 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 spread it gets to be too much in terms of um you know hitting the target yeah. or not or missing the target we got to dial that back in um, that's kind of how I am like with golf right now. Like I'm yeah. just getting into golf and I am thinking way too much, but that's because I need, I need to focus on the mechanics of it. And then as I get used to those movements then to the swing, I'm, I'm going to be consistent with it hopefully. And then I can actually, you know, drive longer or hit harder. And yeah. All that. yeah. Yeah. But that's golf. That'll come and go <laughs> every, every round. <laughs> One round will be like, yes. And the next round is a miss right. every time. But that's okay. But you were saying, because you golfed in high school, yeah, that your golf game actually improved. Oh, tons. I was, I was a decent golfer, I would say, like prior to CrossFit. I was okay. Mm -hmm. But I didn't hit the ball super long. I hit it long enough. Do you remember any numbers? Uh, I would drive the ball roughly... Roughly... 180 to 190, just depending on the day. Mm -hmm. um, and accuracy-wise, I was pretty good at hitting it relatively straight. I'm not a big, like, strayer. I don't really hook or slice anywhere. I just kind of hit towards the target and go. Mm -hmm. um, but since starting CrossFit and really getting, like, core involved and making my hips stronger and really getting everything involved, I can drive the ball on a great day like 215, 220, um, if it's an awesome day, 2.30, hmm. but that's a rare event. Um, but more importantly, accuracy is way better. So when I aim, like, I know where I'm hitting, and I know that, like, if I hit the ball solid, it's going there, and I don't have to worry. Hmm. And, my, and the other interesting thing, which we didn't even consider, was all of my clubs prior to CrossFit were ladies' clubs because... I'm a girl, like, that's what you would buy. 
Mm-hmm. After starting CrossFit, after doing it for a couple of years, I no longer could use ladies' clubs because the shafts weren't... They had too much flex. So, yep. So I had to go to men's seniors' clubs and now just regular men's clubs. Wow. Um, that's funny. Because I couldn't, couldn't use the other clubs anymore. Yeah. So yeah. that's another difference. Uh, but it's also kind of fun. It's always funny to, like, go and buy clubs and, like, walk into the store and I'll go over to the men's section and I'll come over And they there. think you're lost. Yeah, they think I'm lost. Yeah. Like, they'll go up to me and be like, oh, like, what are you looking for? I'm like, oh, <laughs> just looking for a club. Like, oh, are you in the right section? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Like, I know what I'm looking for. And they're like, sure. That's really funny. Yeah, I got it. I'm good. It's always funny. But then I'll go and, like, hit it and they're like, oh. Right. I got it. Yeah, so that's always fun. Um, but it's been cool, yeah. like, to see that because it's, you don't always make the connection between golf and CrossFit. They're, like, very different as far as, like, intensity and mental game. Well, mm-hmm. mental game, similar. Mm-hmm. It's a big mind game. Yeah. But um, as far as intensity goes, they're different. But they pair very well. Mm-hmm. And that's been cool. So. One of the things that we were talking about earlier was, uh, you know, just the fact that high-intensity group training yeah. is more popular. Yeah. Um, which is actually kind of cool uh, because, you know, if you have a closed mindset, you know, I'm very big on mindset, like open mindset, yeah. closed mindset. And um, if you have a, a closed mindset, then you're going to say, all right, well, Orange Theory down the road or this group fitness class is our enemy or it's our competition, right? right. And really it's not because they're all hopefully getting people to some sort of fitness. Right. Anything is better than having people sit on the couch. Like anything that gets anybody moving. Anybody who does anything to benefit the health and wellness of somebody else right. is an asset and an ally, right. not a competition. Right. doesn't matter if you are another gym. Like you are bettering the lives of other people. And in my mind, that's a great thing. Right. doesn't matter if you... and. Plus, everybody likes something different. So, like, if you're not into CrossFit, that's totally cool. I get mm-hmm. it. It's not for everybody. Like, you may love cardio. Props to you. Like, if you love running and that's your thing and you can run for an hour, you're awesome. You are dedicated and your mind works that way. That's great. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Right. Like, you don't have to come and do CrossFit if that's not your thing. Uh, and the people who can, you know, go to Orange Theory and they love that, Cool. Do right. it. Like, that's not a bad thing for us. That's a great thing. To get more people involved in fitness and to just have an overall healthier community, that's awesome. Yeah. We had a member who was with us for a couple months, and he told us he came in, you know, from Orange Theory, loved Orange Theory, but wanted to try us out. And he's he's one of our, actually, best Facebook reviews that, because when he left here, he wrote a review. We didn't ask him to do it, but he said... Basically, I really love cardio. I really love just to sweat for an hour straight. I really love the, the just running or rowing uh, for Orange Theory. But if you're looking for a CrossFit experience, people should go, should come here. And it was, so it's a great review because it's honest. It's not, it, it's not a glowing five-star review with no, you know, um, that, that's all good. Right. Or, or or all super positive and what people would think are the types of reviews we want. I actually really appreciate his review because he tried it, gave it a yeah. shot, realized that it's not for him, but 
the the instruction, the coaching is, you know, obviously something he appreciated here. It's just not for him. Right. Yeah. It's honest. And it's it's not for everybody, but I think it's really cool that he still tried it and like you can comment on the fact that he did try it and now he's Oh, props able to, to him for give, trying it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. props to him for trying it and for, for sure. giving an honest opinion of it and not being like, Oh, I tried it and I hate CrossFit, so I'm just gonna like give him a bad review or bash it. Yeah. Like that's awesome that he's like, no, I Or not it. try it at all and say that it yeah. that he, he, you know, that it's dangerous so that it's right. terrible. Because that's so often, like, something it's like, oh, I don't, I don't like that thing or I'm afraid of that thing, so I'm going to bash it or give it a bad name or whatever because it scares me or I've never done it. Right. Like, it's right. cool to be able to be like, you know what, I've never done it, I'll try it and then form an opinion. Right. And then be like, oh, it wasn't for me, but here's what was really cool about it. Yeah. What do you think are some of the things that um, people change their minds about when they start CrossFit? I think a lot of it is just, number one, the people who are actually inside the gym. I think there's this idea that like everybody inside the gym is this super fit person who's got like no body fat and just all muscle and all we are are like giant meatheads who just throw weight around and we slam bars all day and mm -hmm. we don't actually like like to talk to anybody or yeah. we just like to throw bars um and talk in really crazy language which we do the use lingo well. yeah the there's lingo, definitely lingo. i will admit there's we do lingo. use crazy language but sure. we try and explain it yes um that's what think, our base camp is for yeah right, right. so i think just the idea that like we don't always use barbells. Sometimes we don't even throw them. Um, and we talk to each other. We're a big community. And the people inside the gym aren't all young and fit. And it's actually a lot of your regular folk who you would see in the grocery store. Or it might be your neighbor that you don't even realize is in the gym. Or someone you would never expect. Um, I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Right. And, and like, it's right. It's not to say that we're all old and unfit. No, right? no, absolutely it's, not. It's just that there's way more average people here. Yeah. Average looking people. But when they actually right. work out, then you realize how capable people are. Right. It's right. like the people who you would like think like, oh, they probably like aren't going to be able to do that or whatever. Like when you think CrossFit, most people think heavyweight. Super jacked. Super, yeah, yeah. Super jacked and like. Ten pack. Yeah, Abs. running, agility, like all these crazy things. Right. When the reality is sometimes it's as simple as like, what is CrossFit to you? Like, what is it for your ability? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's working on standing up out of a chair. Maybe that's maintaining whatever your current ability level is. So if that's being able to stay out of a nursing home for a while, or if it's being able to run a marathon, like, great whatever it is for you and I think that's the cool thing about it like it looks different for everybody but it's all the same inside the walls of the gym yeah and CrossFit headquarters has done a really good job in the last I would say few months maybe like six yeah. months of uh, putting stories at the other end of the spectrum yeah. right because for years it's been the high level athletes yeah. the super jacked people which is why the perceptions out there but now it's very much the opposite end of very sick people or yeah. very, you know, of older people. And they're using CrossFit to 
to live longer and, yeah. and or just to live in general, yeah. right? Not to die early. Right. Um, from diabetes, from obesity, from heart disease, from Cancer. all these chronic yeah. illnesses, Anything. right? Yeah. Yeah. There was just a really cool story, and I think it was in Philly Magazine. There was a girl in Philly who is using CrossFit to help her fight cancer, and she'll still go to the box, and she'll oh, like do cool. wads in her hospital room. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Super cool. Do you know what box you guys have? I forget which one it is. In Philly, though. But it's in Philly, oh, which is cool. so cool. Like, that's really cool. Shout out to CrossFit and to her for being able to just, like, use CrossFit and still work out, which also goes to show you that, like, you would never think that someone who's sick is going to be able to do CrossFit if you think that CrossFit is heavy barbells and high intensity all the time. Right. But that's not always what CrossFit looks like. Yeah. Well, you just went to the adaptive yeah. seminar, right? Yeah. So, and we, and I had Dory on the podcast to talk about that, but want yeah. to talk about your perspective of it. That was the best. I've been to a lot of the CrossFit seminars, um, but it was honestly probably the best one that I've been to. Probably my favorite one and one that I wish I could keep going to over and over again just because it's so powerful. Um, there's so much knowledge and those guys are so smart. But it's also something that's so relevant, not because everybody's adaptive, but... Well, and what is adaptive? Adaptive, so adaptive is someone who has a permanent um, limitation or a permanent um, injury or ailment or something that causes a permanent limitation to them. Right, like so a paraplegic. Yeah, or... whether it's paraplegic or a neurological ailment or... Um, they're missing a limb or it's some kind of illness, something that's you know always going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So something more permanent than yeah. a, uh, more permanent than like, than like a broken like leg. Or yeah, a sprain. exactly. Right, right. More permanent than like I ripped my hand this week and I can't do pull-ups. Right. Like right. something like that. So, but it's really, it's cool. Cause you know, it's not like you run across adaptive athletes every day, but there's more out there than you probably realize, and it's reaching that community, but also making them feel welcome and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's what's just good knowledge to have, because even if you don't have an athlete who like has a missing limb, somebody at some point in their crossfit career is probably going to rip their hand and not be able to do stuff with their hand for a few days. Right, let's say there's pull-ups and a workout. Right, and now you know how to modify that, mm-hmm. which is great. Right. I also thought it was really cool to differentiate between adapting, scaling, and modifying and make that distinction because it takes away that stigma of, like, if someone is an adaptive athlete, like, they have to make changes to their workout. Mm-hmm. But calling it scaling can sometimes lead to this, like, negative connotation of, Oh, like I am doing less than someone mm-hmm. else. Sure. Whereas for them, like that workout may be way harder than anything that someone else is doing or an able-bodied athlete is doing. Right. So calling it scaled like creates this negative mindset sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to be able to make that distinction of like adapting is RX for them. Like that is their... Sure, there's Got it. So you would use adapted. the term adapting or a, a, yeah. adaptive yeah. to make it good, right for them. Right. Like right. if somebody, you know, is in a wheelchair, like there's 
adapted RX. Got it. For a wheelchair athlete, for a seated athlete. Mm-hmm. But like calling it RX for them, that's yeah. important. Sure. Because that's a huge difference. Like them to do a seated wall ball. Right. And to like tell them, yeah, take a 20 pound ball and throw it to a 10 foot target. Like, yeah, that's no way. Ridiculously hard. No way. So you modify it or adapt it, and then it's RX because it's retestable and testable again and again and again. And it's something that they can always go back to, which is really cool. Got it. But then if you're going to modify something that's maybe temporary or an unknown length of time, so something that maybe you're not going to retest, but. Mm-hmm. You'll change it up, and then scaling is just like a psychological or physical, like, I can't handle that kind of thing. It's not appropriate at this yeah. time, but down exactly. the road, I might get to that point. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a percentage of whatever the weight is or, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's, of course, like, scaling or modifying an adaptive work, but right. just being able to call it, like, for the mindset helps a ton. I Got thought it. that was a really cool thing to... To talk about because it's mm-hmm. not something that like an able-bodied athlete might think about no well they you would take it for granted because right. you're you know privileged enough to have working limbs and yeah you know uh, walk in a gym and to do whatever the, the coach says to do right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely right um, right so scaling modifying and then adapting yeah. those are the three terms yeah was there anything else from the... It was only a day seminar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else from the day that you took away? I think just the range of things that you can do for them. Like, it doesn't always have to be... So when we scale for an able-bodied athlete, like, when you think about scaling something, you're going to think first, like, I'm going to scale either load or reps or distance, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm going to change the way the movement's on. So maybe if it's a full clean, maybe I'm going to go high hang. Like, going to change something along that regard. Right. But if it's an overhead squat and I'm a seated athlete, like, they're not squatting. Right. So that's not going to happen. So taking, like, the functional movement theme from that mm-hmm. should be, like, maybe core strength or an overhead hold and changing that and, like, taking those things from it and finding all these different creative ways to get something from movements that maybe you wouldn't think, right. but it opens up so many different opportunities for new movements and new ways to create workouts. And just because, you know, it doesn't look like what maybe able-bodied athletes are doing or even another adaptive athlete, like just because it doesn't look like what they're doing doesn't mean that it's not effective for them. Correct. And that's where the experience of knowing that an overhead squat, although it's a squat, it actually has more to do with the midline stabilization and the core work that that's where you're going to go ahead and adapt it to the athlete who who's seated and you're going to say hey take this plate put it over your head and hold it up for yeah. you know x number of seconds or do a number of reps from you know from your head on up yeah. more like a push press right or something mm-hmm. something overhead right right and that's where this all ties back into being an experienced it, trainer yeah so exactly so it's not that we're we're bashing other fitness programs, group fitness programs, because like we said, we actually think it's it's really good because, no, not everyone can afford CrossFit. Um, what you're paying for is the coaching, in our opinion. You're not paying for access to equipment. You can go on roguefitness.com and order any equipment and have it shipped to your house, but how many people have the discipline to actually work out in their garage or whatever? Or, you know, 
it, it's just more fun to work out with other people, right? Yeah. And then how many people know what they're doing with these movements, right? Like, I, I definitely need to be coached, have someone watch me and coach my movement. I think you would probably agree with oh, that I for agree yourself. 100%. And any top-level athlete would agree for them um, that they can't coach themselves. Mm-hmm. So we all need coaches. And so it's not that we're, we're saying group fitness classes are, are bad, but those who try to label themselves or associate themselves with CrossFit without actually calling themselves CrossFit and therefore not having the education to know how to properly coach someone safely too, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. That's, I think, where, where we are hung up. Like, hey, don't, don't try to like get on the backs of CrossFit and their branding just so that you can appear to be something like that yeah. when the services that you're offering are, are nothing like it. Right, you know, you can't just have a couple kettlebells and the, you know, and a couple barbells and say that you're right. CrossFit. Yeah. Um, you can't just buy rogue stuff and be like, yeah, we're we're a CrossFit gym. Yeah, because you could say you're CrossFit and only have one kettlebell, but if yeah. you are a really good coach, then you'll be able to do a ton of stuff with that one kettlebell. Right. Right. Um, versus you can have fifty thousand dollars in equipment and not know a thing about how to teach someone how to air squat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right, I think we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Cross Econa, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at Thanks and have a great day.